Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. Today is the next of our Strategic Insights series of short podcasts, where Caroline is going to reflect on the benefits of being explicit. Thanks, Darren. In podcast number two, I talked about the ladder of inference, which explains how, through evolution and learning to survive, we take what appear to us to be facts, when they are more or less judgments, and we create our belief system and views about others, including strangers, around them. The dilemma we are faced with in the business world, as well as private life nowadays, when many of us don't have to worry about survival at all, is how we deal with being misjudged ourselves, and indeed misjudging others. It's a fact that we're constantly missing opportunities to learn, build good relationships and gain insights into ourselves as well as others because of the filters we're applying to our environment. So how do we combat this? One aspect which I've found to be very helpful is around being explicit. What do I mean by this? Well, the more clear and explicit you are, the more you can get your point across. And once you're convinced that people are jumping to conclusions all the time, and often incorrect conclusions the more prepared you are to manage the situation. A strategic person is naturally aware of this, or indeed has learnt the lesson through experience or coaching, and looks for signs of misunderstanding in every situation. They then spell things out or say things in different ways to ensure their intended message comes across. Equally, they probe and question other parties to ensure that they themselves are really understanding the messages intended. I recall a time when I worked for Unilever, and my boss was quite different from myself in terms of character and behaviours. If the quarterly results were somewhat worse than planned, he, along with others, would tend to move into panic mode. He would generally be more agitated, he'd follow up on things more frequently, his voice would become more aggressive, and things would generally feel a bit panicky and chaotic for a while. I noticed at some point that when my boss was in this state, he seemed also to be less happy with me and how I was behaving, which was calmly, basically exhibiting my normal office behaviour. A light bulb went off for me, and in our next one-to-one I said to him, Look... I sense that you're worried when we've had some poor results and you perhaps feel that I don't seem to be bothered by that. Let me reassure you, I'm as concerned about results as anyone, but I know from experience and research that if I panic, then I'll make poorer decisions as well as have a negative impact on the team. I believe it's best for me to carry on as per normal whilst trying my best to fix the problem. That really helped. Another example was when my boss, more than one in fact, felt I was taking on too much and I explained that I'm someone who really needs variety and challenge and those things energise me. It's a bit like the resilience boosters I talked about in an earlier session. The result is that I perform better overall. If I'm stifled and not allowed to really stretch myself, then I become bored and most likely troublesome. These conversations really helped for a while. The learning then was that they need to be reiterated and reinforced over time as people will lapse back into their previous view of the situation if there's no follow-up. Finding time for explicit conversations, even if they're on general topics, is really important, especially with your boss. Describing your view of the world and hearing about theirs not only builds the relationship, but it removes some, most likely invisible, barriers and misconceptions about who you both are as people. So, being explicit is particularly helpful when trying to explain you as a person and break down any barriers that might have formed due to preconceived ideas and bias. It's also helpful when you need to get across an idea. Often we're so involved in our own work and projects that we're living and breathing them and it's very easy to unthinkingly talk about them in a way which goes above others' heads or indeed they interpret differently because of where they are coming from. I remember talking once in an audit committee about business partnering as a concept within the finance team and the chair tried to shut me down by saying they didn't know what this had to do with partners. They meant, I realised, as in a law firm. 
My lesson was to check people's understanding of concepts that are familiar to me, but might not be to others, without, of course, talking down to people. There are ways one can do this, given a little bit of forethought. I also remember a very funny, somewhat related incident at Save the Children International. A new member of the senior team was presenting to the rest of us on her first impressions of the organisation, once she'd been enrolled for about three months. One bullet point of her presentation referred to the proliferation of TLAs. Myself and the HR director immediately asked what TLAs were. We actually didn't know. They are, of course, three-letter acronyms. We had quite a laugh about that one, and it was certainly very memorable. Being explicit is also helpful in the context of communicating with larger groups of people. I'll talk about different audiences another time, but the challenge here is that you have people coming from all kinds of different backgrounds and perceptions, and it won't be as easy to spot that there is a potential misunderstanding. When dealing with a one-to-one situation, however, you can focus your efforts on an individual and pick up cues as to how they work and what their preferred learning style is, with a bit of luck and some focused work. You can assess whether someone responds better to being talked through an idea or plan, or whether they need to see a visual representation, or else need to experience something to get them properly engaged. There's lots of research on preferred learning styles which can help you identify and deal with this, including information and assessments on the ACT Career Hub, and of course you can always ask the other party how they prefer to interact, though I would advise against this until you know them quite well already. And in the meantime, stick to checking in with them regularly as you speak and explain, and draw your own initial conclusions. Observing them in action with others can be a great first step. My final thought today is around this challenge of being explicit whilst avoiding speaking down to someone. Planning how you'll say things helps, but also humour and humility plays a role. If you state up front something like, this probably is very familiar to you, but just to ensure everyone is on the same page, or you tell an anecdote around the topic which makes it clear what you're referring to, these are techniques which can ensure everyone is on board and no one offended. Equally, when someone else is speaking and you wonder if everyone in the room is really following them, it can be very helpful to ask a question of definition yourself. And others who are too shy to do so will be very appreciative, as should be the speaker themselves. Thanks once again, Caroline. It's so common, isn't it, for companies to use acronyms, which can be non-inclusive and so important to ensure everyone knows what they mean. Next week, you're going to talk about all matters physical in relation to influencing. So looking forward to that. Till then, goodbye from us and thank you for listening. 